Once an idea has taken hold of the brain, it's almost impossible to eradicate. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. Right in there somewhere. For someone like you, just still? Yes, in the dream state, your conscious defenses are lowered and it makes your thoughts vulnerable to theft. It's called extraction. Sucido, we can train your subconscious to defend itself from even the most skilled extractor. How can I do that? Because I am the most skilled extractor. I know how to search your mind and find your secrets. I know the tricks, and I can teach them to you so that even when you're asleep, your defense is never down. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. No, thank you for the greater good. I kind of feel like, like this is definitely the most chill music that i've done to kind of intro the show with like yes i i feel like just ready to hello this is cheap seat reviews welcome to cheap seat reviews the podcast that relaxes you as you try to sleep yeah or and you're still muted and just muted <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, sir, please. Never mind. It's not funny anymore. Just move along. Well, I was just going to say, it's like... Um, no, no, move along. No, I am going to move along. I just, like, I feel like we're, um... <laughs> like, this isn't the movie for it, but it does kind of feel like there's there should be an episode where, like, we do, like, NPR voice the whole time, right? <laughs> you know, where we go, hello, this is Cheap Seat Reviews. Maybe maybe we'll actually do a movie where it's, it is like that, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of it that that we just calmly explain our opinions. Well, didn't on that movie? Didn't Garrison Keillor make a Prairie Home Companion t- movie? He did. Yep. Be interesting to see but if it, that. It's not like I mean, it's not completely like that though. It's actually it's a fairly decent tale. Right, but that's what may, maybe I don't know. I like, I, but that's what makes it funny. Like if we all talked like Garrison Keillor the whole time, you yeah. Know? Like I'll. I we used to have one of his shows on tape and we would listen to it in the car whenever we were on road trips. And I'll it just I only I only remember he always just breathed into the microphone like crazy. Like he would always <laughs> he would talk about Lake Wovagon, where the women are strong, the men are good looking, and the children are above average. Yeah, yeah, he, he did. always did that. I just Never forget that. Anyway, this is episode 302, and tonight we're and this talking is about... far away, far away from Lake Wobegon. Yes, we are far away from Lake Wobegon. This is episode 302, and tonight we're talking about Inception. Inception. When a man loves a woman, <laughs> and they, oh, they yeah. get together, 
and the the thingies kind of collide, and you would get Inception. <laughs> the thingies collide. You just said that on radio. That's disgusting. Oh, my goodness. Inception. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew. The van is still falling, Jimison. <laughs> As we speak. That's, that's how I live my life. I, you know, I'm just, I take my time. I procrastinate a little here and there. I take my time getting in uh, accidents as well. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, and Sam, uh, the way I wrote yeah. the way I wrote this, it really should be sang, but I'm not gonna sing it. So let's see if you can pick up the song oh, lyrics. Come on, uh, Sam, catch the midday train going anywhere, Vector. Oh, nice. Nice. And you know the funny thing is this this I've seen this movie at least five or six times now, and mm-hmm. that train still made me jump. Nice. Um when it hits the car. Yeah. It's for some strange reason, it's just out of nowhere every time I keep forgetting about it. But, but Sean. Yeah. There's so many ways to die in this movie. But there isn't though, right? But but you know what I'll do? Yeah. I'm I'm gonna let a friend think of something a little bigger, dream a little bigger, and come up with an idea to kill you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just so, I think I figured you really, there's there's multiple ways to wake up in this movie. Yeah. True. Yeah. There yeah, you, you can't really I mean as a physical person now you could be a a um a projection, right? And die. Or the projections die, but the humans yeah. can't. Yeah. Yeah, no humans died in this movie, right? No. Except well no. Maul, but she Well the father. Oh yeah, the Faja, he does. Yeah, he does. Kumbayashi. Die. Kumbayashi. The Kobayashi Maru. Kobayashi. Um Yeah, he's I like that actor, by the way. He's cool. Uh yeah. I I know him from lots and lots of things. He's he's just one of those actors that's been in like two thousand things. But I, for some reason yeah. he's my favorite part of the Dragonheart movie. <laughs> What's he in Dragonheart? Yeah. I don't remember him in Dragonheart. He's like this um he's a priest, right? He's a priest. It's roaming the 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 countryside looking to tell stories and then he runs into to Bowen, the Dennis Quaid's character, and they uh-huh. kind of pal up for a little while and then he ends up becoming like the best archer ever. Uh-huh. And he it's like he's like reading scripture as he's shooting guys, like he shoots a guy in the butt cheek and he goes, Turn the other cheek, brother, like stuff like that. Like it's <laughs> In an otherwise not very good movie, I think he's kind of one of the better parts. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Po- Pete, I forgot all about him in there. Pete Postal Wait. Po- Postal Tolf Wait. That's a weird name. Postal Wait. He's a cool. He's really good. He's, I had he's a, a really cool good friend in uh, grad school, uh, Postal Wait. Oh, that's neat. So, yep. Maybe they were long lost cousins or something. Maybe. I knew him from um, Usual Suspects. As, oh, sure. Uh, yeah. The uh, lawyer. Yeah, yeah, no, he's again, he's in lots, lots of things. He was in the what? Oh, that's right. What? He's in, he's in Jurassic Park. He's in Lost World. Yeah, Lost World. Oh, I forgot. See, you got a Jurassic Park connection. I mean, but I, I, I just, I don't generally don't bother with the sequels. Well, lost By the way, did I, did you guys see the news? Did you see what was number one in the box office this weekend? It's so 20 cool. Twenty years later, that's so cool. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, 
Yeah, or not, just more than twenty years. Twenty-seven right? years, I think, is what. Twenty-seven it is. years later, it's number one in the box office. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And if I could find a drive-in movie theater to go see Jurassic Park, I would do it just to get that experience. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, I wonder if there is one around here, Kimberly. The uh, girls? Well, we wouldn't be able to take the girls yet. Sorry, having no. having. Spousal conversation. <laughs> no, nothing. Podcast. Yeah, nothing like the like good, when you make, making plans with your wife is great radio. Um, uh, I, I will. Um, I, there. Well, okay, we'll talk off air. Uh, I have yeah, yeah. I have found uh, a, the solution to your problem there, Sam. But we'll talk off okay. air. Um, anyway, so this movie, yeah, this is Inception. So there's a lot to talk about with this movie, right? I mean, there's all kinds of great conspiracies uh, and theories. It has an open-ended ending. Is he truly with his kids or is it still a dream? Um, there's, there's a lot to dissect with this movie and I, I'm certainly looking forward to it, but I guess part of me just wants to say is that we, of course, we've all seen this movie several times. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. Okay. Many times. Okay. Um, so I want to do something kind of dumb instead first. Okay. Let's pretend that this technology is real. Okay. And that's one of the things I love this movie for lots of different reasons. And one of them is the fact that the movie is not hand wavy. It just goes, there's this technology. We're not going to explain it. It doesn't matter. It's not important. We're just going to move on. Right. Exactly. And yeah. I'm and I'm totally great with that. I really am. So let's pretend that this technology exists, okay? So whether you guys want to team up and do a thing or do it by like, like what is the thing that you would want to do? What is the the thing that you would want to experience? Fly. Like an I air- don't think I can say that um, where people can hear it. <laughs> so you said fly, like 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 Superman. Yeah, I yeah. think that would be a Yeah, cool, like a superhero. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you do like a superhero dream where you're doing like um superhero y th- kind of things? Yeah, I think so. Or I'd just fly. I mean I wouldn't I mean if I saw you in a you know, about to get run over by a train, I'd maybe get a good advantage point and watch. Sure. So Yeah. Yeah. And I could put it online and make a bunch of money. I think it would be cool in to the, meet in the dream? some really awesome people that, you know, in history. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. The, the projections, right? Yeah, but they yeah. would. Yeah, but they would only be what you know about them, right? Because it'd be your, exactly, it'd, which means I would like them all, <laughs> except for like Hitler. But you'd be like, <laughs> "Hey, I only know three things about you, so let's talk about those three things." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um. So I'm uh, I'm lame. I've I've thought about this a lot, um, actually, and um, I've I have this uh, I've thought about this in two different ways. So if one, if it was the dream idea, I would okay. I would love to just interject myself into various movies as not as hero, not as the main character. I want the main character to exist. I want the main storyline to exist. I just want to be the guy next to Luke in the X Wing. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I want to yeah. be I want to be Red Six. You know, or you know, I just I think that would be cool. And then of course you get shot down, you just wake up, right? And then you can or just Biggs. 
well, I don't want to be big because again, he's a plus he dies, but <laughs> but like like that or um, do something even crazier, like go to the Battle of Helm's Deep, but bring guns. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like you, sh- like 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 all of us, like the group of us that hang out, like we go to Helm's Deep and we've got like like firearms and grenades and stuff, and we know about the flaw. Like we know Sauron's gonna put the dynamite underneath the thing. So we get there ahead of time and we brick it up. And like, guys, <laughs> we, we got you, right? And so like we save like all of these extra soldiers' lives so that when it's time to save Gondor, like we are all over it. You know what I'm saying? Like those are the things that okay. I've thought about. So like I said, I've spent a lot of time thinking about these. Well, and, and, and I was thinking, you know, with this movie as well, you know, you, their ultimate creation, I think is what she said, right? Mm-hmm. So you create worlds, you can create anything in this movie, which means you can be more than human, right? You could have superpowers, you could fly. They didn't, they didn't do it, but I would think the dreamer could control it, right? It'd be like a lucid dream where, where you have control over your surroundings, <laughs> Yeah. So uh, uh, I don't see why you couldn't be anything you wanted. I mean, this to me is like the limbo sounds like the perfect world. <laughs> Just, you know, as much as they hate limbo or, you know, and they, they're saying limbo is this bad place. I don't know. I think limbo would be a blast. I think uh, it would be a heck of a lot of fun to get down to that level and uh, and be able to do anything you want. Well, the only thing that the movie really kind of tells us about it is that the outside world can affect the dream. Mm-hmm. You know, like in level uh, level two, there's no gravity because the van is in free fall because the mm-hmm. host is in free fall. So I don't, we, we have no idea, obviously, if um, in this universe of, of dream technology, if you can do those things, Sam, what you're talking about. Um, I'm all for the idea of it. I mean, it sounds cool. And at the very least, you could always just, you know, invent the Iron Man suit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, exactly. Or yeah. something, you know, like whatever. Like, I think that'd be cool as heck. So I'm I'm all for it. Um, you're wanting, you're basically, you want the Oasis. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah except, except the difference is when you, when you're in, Limbo, according to this movie, time in the real world is ground almost to a halt. Yeah. Or, so, which would be, a, you know, a plus. Yeah, and that that's the difference yeah. between because you're Limbo not missing as much. The, exactly. Exactly. So I think I would rather do Inception than than uh, Oasis. Well, and plus the, for somebody like me that you know I'm going to be late to my own funeral. That. Uh, that would be really handy. Well, and is this? You think it's something like the Matrix, where you know, if you long, learn kung fu, do you wake up and know the moves? Oh, I don't know. Um, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio in the real world seemed pretty handy with uh, with running away, right? You yeah. know. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess my question is: Have any of us? Ever in a dream? I mean, I've I've had the flying dream a bunch of times, um, but I'm scared of heights, so it's always really weird. And <laughs> and I've had the Spider-Man dream where I can actually shoot webs and swing. But again, I've never been to New York. I've only been to New York once. So most of my dreams, though, I'm like flying around like Greensboro, where there's like four buildings that are tall, right? <laughs> um, 
But like, I, I wonder if you can only do things in your dream that you have the skill set that you know how to do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. No, no. I wouldn't know, do but, anything. <laughs> but yet somehow this, uh, this guy had was trained enough to know when people were in his dreams. Yeah. His subconscious had armed itself, basically. Yeah. So there's something there. There's something. I mean, they, they never really explored it because Lord knows there was enough to explain or try to explain in this movie wow. um, without going off the deep end. Um, but uh, uh, it, it brings up a lot of questions, which I love in this type of thing. Yeah, I do too. So let's get back into kind of the show proper. So Sam, why don't you let us hit, hit, yep. hit us with your, uh, your best shot. And of course, by best shot, I mean your five-word review. All right. Yeah, I've got three of them here, actually. Oh, wow. um, my first my first one, I've kind of already said and that's limbo doesn't sound all bad. All and right. then I've got who thinks of this stuff. Right. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. And then which apparently it took him years to write this thing. So uh, but my um, my my real review, I guess, five word review of this is sharp visuals with heady themes. OK. Cool. So I. Can, I yeah. I love this movie. I love Nolan's movie. There's very few Nolan movies that I just don't like. You know, I can tolerate Dark Knight Rises, and um, I finally saw Dunkirk, which is good, but not the best. Um, but I oh, just love his movies. You finally saw Dunkirk. I, I forgot I yep. saw that before you did. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, it's good. It's not bad. It, it's just not up there here with Inception or um, The Prestige or uh, or uh, Interstellar. So. Okay. But I really enjoy this. I think for what this movie had to do, right? I mean, this was a, this wasn't like we were talking about common ideas and common tropes in a movie. This was new stuff, new ground. And to be able to explain it like he was able to do and keep us understanding where everybody was and the, the, the uh, stakes uh, that every character was in. I, I just thought he did an incredible job um, keeping on for the ride. And, uh, <laughs> you, you instantly teleported 30 feet away from your bathroom. microphone. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I must've come. Uh, I must've had a, uh, a jolt or a, uh, a uh, what do you call it? <laughs> the kick? Not a jump. I had a kick yeah. that uh, got me out of this. But I uh, know I enjoy the ride. Um, and it's, it's one of these movies that you just don't want it to stop. You know, I just want to, I want to live in this world and, uh, and keep going. So um, definitely can tell there's some bond. This is almost like a, a bond, you know, love note to, to bond filmmaking. A little bit, um, yeah. It, there's a lot of stylizations that that would go perfectly along a Bond film as well. Well, I mean, literally, while you're talking, and I'm um, I'm cruising through some of the trivia, just because I spent 20 minutes on trivia before the show, and there's there's over a hundred entries in the trivia. Yeah, uh, it yeah. was it was hard to read through, but um, literally, you're talking about Bond as I read. Christopher Nolan has said that the snow-based third-level dream was inspired by his favorite Bond movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service. There you go. So that's yeah. So that makes sense. All right. Uh, Andrew. 
Okay, I only have one this week, and it is we're just missing Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, other than Nolan's... that, this this is the same cast of uh, Dark Knight Rises. Pretty much. Pretty he, much. He does. Yep. He does like his people, and they they hang out. I mean, I I'm okay. I'm. Su- Go ahead, Sam. I was going to say, we've talked about this before, but there are certain directors who do that a lot, and I think uh, he is absolutely one of them. Yeah. yeah. Tarantino's another that uses a lot mm-hmm. of the same people. Uh, yeah. Scorsese. Yeah, Scorsese. Scorsese. Yeah. Uh, Spielberg likes him some Tom yep. Hanks. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. And, who doesn't? Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you can work with him, sure. There's uh, no, the Coen brothers, they, they like... Um, Brolin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it, it does kind of feel like, um, I don't know, it just kind of feels like Michael Caine is like Christopher Nolan's like stepfather or something. Like he's in every <laughs> one of his movies. Yeah, he, he has some sort of hold over him. That, yeah, uh, he, he knows something. Get or, out of. Yeah, it's really interesting. That's weird. Here's a really weird piece of trivia. The running time on the movie, the running time of the movie on DVD, I just don't know why that's specific, but on the DVD is exactly 8,888 seconds. Wow. That's weird. How did they manage that? I don't know. So, anyway. So, what's, uh, what's your five word there, Sean? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, mine is simply great thought-provoking action film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Action film with a mind to it, with a brain. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I would go a step further, further to say a visually and aesthetically pleasing, mm-hmm. you know, breakthrough into the mind. Yeah. yeah. Um, because, I, like you said, Sam, this is a movie that really had to explore some new ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Matrix kind of broke into it a little bit for us, but this one really took things to a new level. And we saw other movies borrow from this, like Doctor Strange. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And well, and Marvel will kind of, well, who knows? I think Marvel came before this in terms of different universes and and different levels of consciousness and things like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, I I do believe that that the director of Dr. Strange saw this movie and said, Oh yeah, I want to do some of that stuff. That kind of, <laughs> that kind of mind bending stuff. Um, yeah, I want to, I want to make the buildings move and, and yeah, make cool shapes and stuff. Well, I mean, and honestly, when I, I remember like the first teaser for Dr. Strange before I knew it was a Marvel and I saw like the buildings doing stuff, I thought, Oh, are we getting an inception too? Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. and and then you see like the Marvel Studios or Disney Studios or whatever, and I was like, oh, okay, this is a Marvel thing. And then when it was Doctor Strange, I'm like, I know nothing about you, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> Interstellar is another one that may borrow a little from this. Yeah. Well, and just trying to to not be a, just a generic blockbuster, right? It's yeah. It's, Putting some brain power behind it, which I appreciate. Yeah, no, that's that's the great thing about his movies, um, except for Dark Knight Rises, is that they make you think about things. Um, yeah, I really don't like well, they, that movie, and I'm going to poop on, on it. But... Dark Knight, they really tried. Um, it just fell flat. It wasn't. 
Well, I mean, because dark that great because the Dark Knight was so good, and it is kind of thought provoking yep. because that that movie is more than just bad versus good. It's it's a social mm-hmm. experiment between, you know, about what people were are would be willing to do if you push them hard enough. Yeah, and um, and then also it shows the movie also is trying to tell you that people are inherently good when given the opportunity to do so in that um i mean i just i love i love the idea that when the prisoners have the bomb key tiny lister goes over there picks the thing up and throws it out the window yep so he, they have no choice to yeah, yeah they don't have there's there's not an yeah. option he's taken that option away and I, it's just such a <laughs> such a coughing fit I mean, it's just an incredible coughing fit where we almost need to drink something to make sure that our throat is open so that we're not coughing um, <laughs> on on the uh, recording. Definitely want to, oh. to check on that. Man, that was gnarly. I you would have thought a moth <laughs> just flew in my mouth or something. <laughs> Don't breathe in and swallow it. Oh, time. my. Uh, no, yeah. I wasn't. It's just like my You're throat. You're doing it just, wrong, Sean. You're doing it wrong. I guess so. <laughs> The the YouTube people are gonna love this man. That was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> go back and watch the footage. Um, yes, I don't even know what I was talking about. That I, <laughs> I am so out of it right now. That that cough about killed me. Um, so did this movie have a hopping man? Have a hopping man? Did it? The only thing I could think of was the dude that what was the architect at the beginning who turns himself into Saito and then they drag him out of the helicopter and I was always confused as why. Why is that guy being punished and Cobb isn't? Because he's he decide, he's not going along with it or something, right? But he... Is it because he turned himself in and so Saito just assumes like, well, if he's going to turn himself into me, then if he gets caught doing the job I want them to do, he'll turn himself into someone else? Maybe because Maybe I mean he realized you know this guy is the character of this guy isn't what he needs. Yeah, I mean I know like he because they basically say, "Are you going to kill him?" He goes, "No, I'm not going to kill him, but we're going to give him over to that other company." And they might yeah. so, like we don't really know what happens to him. I just kind of felt bad for that guy. I was like, <laughs> and I just didn't like know like what happened to him. But okay, whatever, okay. not a big deal. Um, yes. So this movie is. So, obviously, the film score is great. Hans Zimmer is amazing in this. Yes. And there's some fun kind of uh, little things that he does in this movie that are really neat. Um, and oh, there's... Yeah. There, there's So, I captured this trivia. Captures wrong. I, I, I copied and pasted this bit of trivia. And normally, I would read it during the trivia part. But I want to actually kind of have a conversation about it a little bit because I think it's really interesting. And that's the song, right? That the song that they play to 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 give the warning for the kick. Yeah, the French song. Yeah. So there's a reason why they play that song very specifically. A direct translation of the lyrics for the song is "Non je ne regret rien." Ryan, I'm not good at French. <laughs> As performed by Edith P. Piaf. Piaf is, I regret nothing. No, I have no regrets. I regret neither the good things that had that were done to me nor the bad things. 
They were all the same to me. The past is past. I'm sorry, the past is paid, swept away, forgotten. I don't care of the past anymore. I set my memories on fire. This kind of sounds like an emo song if you put it to different uh, tone. My agonies and my pleasures, I don't need them anymore. Swept away in the agonies of love, swept away forever. I'm restarting with nothing. Are you sure this isn't Panic at the Disco? It kind of does feel like a My Chemical Romance or something, doesn't it? So, so, Absolutely. So Christopher Nolan has made a point in saying that he chose this song specifically for, um, for the movie, which is heavily... Um, um, which is heavily concerned with the effect of memories on the psyche and specifically disastrous effects of not letting go of memories of love gone wrong can have on subconscious exactly what the song is discussing. Um, so I just, I, I think that's really neat. And, and that the idea that even the song that we get is, is has they, something to do with it. Yeah. And there's just something really deep about that, and that's what just makes this movie just that next level, right? Because right, are you going to get into the the deeper parts of the song later in trivia? No. no? What do you mean the deep about the about Mal? No. Oh, I mean, because so uh, uh, what I thought was cool was that Hans Zimmer took that song and slowed it way mm-hmm. down. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. For, for some of the music that we got in his score, yeah, for the yeah. Ter- for the for the mind heist or whatever or something, he uses the he does that. He's really great about that. Um, Sam, it's almost like sampling, right? You kind of like rappers do, where they they sample music. A lot of them seems like the uh, the newer movie composers sample, kind of mix it up. I I remember you and I watched. Um, I guess it was YouTube video a few years ago where this this guy basically took the the original John Williams Superman score and said and then and then played the Hans Zimmer version and if you take the Hans the the John Williams you know the dun da 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 if you take parts yeah. of that it, just the just the bomb 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 part that's the same interval that they use in the new Hans Zimmer Superman. So he's basically kind of paying an homage to the original while making it his own, which is really cool. Um, and then he did the same thing for the Dark Knight series for the Batman. Is Instead of having this kind of loud, bombastic Danny Elfman arrangement, it's a two-note theme, but it's the same two notes that are in the... The, the Danny Elfman Batman theme. So anyway, that stuff is great. I love that kind of stuff. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> so, so there's not, a, honestly, in a movie like this, there's not a lot of joy. Well, there's some joy, but there's not a lot of humor. Not really. Um, but there's a moment in the movie where I kind of laughed out loud and I'm not supposed to. At least I don't think I am. So you know when they when they go meet, um, with the the chemist. I can't remember his name. Yeah, Yusef, right? Yeah. They go meet the chemist, and they just they walk downstairs, and there's this old man, and without any prompting, he just slaps this man in the face, right? <laughs> yeah. 
And a part of me thought, like, I know what the movie's trying to tell me. Like, oh, his sedatives were so strong, you can get slapped in the face and not wake up. But part of me thought, did that guy know that Yosef, Yusuf was going to bring these, these clients, these possible clients down? So, or, or does he just randomly slap men in the face? You know, like, it's just this, this way he gets off while he's just sitting here babysitting these sleeping bodies. I just thought that was crazy. Oh, sorry. You know, I just, that. Did you feel that in the, in the morning, in the morning? You wake up, you're like, oh man. Yeah. Why does my face hurt so yeah, much? Exactly. Oh, remember the, that, that Adam Sandler movie Click? <laughs> Where he can pause the remote and he pauses the remote yeah. um, on his boss and then he slaps him a bunch of times and then he gets done and he's like, wow, I have a headache. Also reminds me of uh, Tommy Boy. He's like, not here so much, but right here. It doesn't hurt so much here or here, but right here. Nope, nothing wrong with your face. Oh my gosh, what happened to your face? I knew it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um I don't know what else to say about this movie. Um Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it, it, I I'm hoping everybody has seen this thing because it this is a th- this would be a movie I if someone said they hadn't seen it yet, I would make them sit down and watch with me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no no, this is definitely a movie if you do listen to the podcast and you just listen to it without watching the movie. I mean, first of all, this movie's 10 years old now, which is crazy to think. Yeah. But you definitely need to watch this movie. It's two and a half hours, so it's kind of long. But it, so why is it so good? I guess that's, cle- the, that's it's the clever. Thing. You don't feel it though, right? It, yeah. You don't feel it, and it's clever. And it, you know, as you're watching it, things that you think will happen don't. Yep. Um, you know, his his wife being really the antagonist. Uh, antagonist, yeah. yeah. Uh, of the the movie. You don't. I mean, you you expect it, but you don't. You know. Yeah. Um. But finding out that he planted the thought in her of her killing herself, really, uh, and having to live with that guilt, mm. being the reason that he knows that Inception works. Yeah. It's. I mean, that's that's deep. Yeah, I mean, and that's what that's what the guilt is, you know, why why it tears at him so much, and that's why she keeps showing up because he can't let go. And yeah, it kind of reminded me of that of the phrase from Bruce Banner: "My secret is I'm always angry." You know, like he <laughs> he's always guilty, or he always feels that guilt, so he knows. Yeah, you know, which is why he he's trying to take precautions. You know, he's not making the mazes. He's not. You know, right. creating the world, and yet she's still... She still shows up. Him. A train still comes through the middle, middle of town. I mean, it it yeah. seeps in because his, his I guess his emotions, his subconscious is so powerful yeah. um, because he's trying to lock it away as opposed to letting it go. Yeah. Um, One thing that, that I kind of wish the movie had have, had done was uh, there's many more things that could happen in dreams than I think we saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've already mentioned flying. I mean, that's one thing that many people have, and they kind of touched on that with the zero gravity 
of the outside world. But mm-hmm. we all know that the outside world, when you're dreaming, it can affect your dream. Like if you fall out of bed, you might dream you're falling. But yeah. But at the same time, we've I think we've all had dreams of flying and not actually been flying. Speaking of flies, you got one buzzing around you there, Sean? No, there's people talking outside in the street. It's kind of late, and that's why I was making sure that it wasn't coming from like my kids talking or something. You got some protests or something in your street there? I don't know. I, kids I, outside? Charlotte? I hope they're not outside. Um, <laughs> well, specifically, kind of to your point about the 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 whole point of the movie is to make a mark do a thing and if cuz only one time do they tell the mark they're in a dream they they show off the weird gravity and the weather and stuff but the rest of the movie they're trying to prove that this is real so if you do superman right. stuff you you break the illusion so whether or not and, and you, the subconscious might attack you quicker yeah i would ex- guess exactly right? the the only time that i saw it really happen is when Tom Hardy's character says, "You got to dream, dream bigger." And he pulls and out he, the big gun. Yeah, he pulls out a grenade launcher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what made me wonder: is oh, can you, can you just? Because I've done that before, right? I'm I'm going to be honest. I, there are times I can't always do it, but there are times I could lose it dream. And so there have been times where I move and I'm in a in a, a dream where it's like, man, I really need a weapon right now because things are about to get hairy. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, look, there's a gun. But, of course, my brain can only materialize what I experience. And most of the time it's not a real handgun because I've only ever fired a handgun once. So it's usually like a Nerf gun, right, that I have to pull back but shoots real bullets. Or it's a squirt gun that shoots real bullets for some reason, you know. Like it's it's never it's never a real gun because again, I don't really have a good understanding of what that feels like in my hand, what it feels like to pull a trigger because I've only ever fired one once, um, and that was seven or eight years ago. You know, something else that <laughs> I know that this is stupid, but what I was thinking of every time there was a lot of water in this movie, and yeah, so. They say when you're dreaming about water, you have to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I kept waiting for that to be played into the movie. They did. They made the uh, joke. Right? When it's raining, it's... when it's raining, and they let you stuff into the car, they're like, you did About you... too much champagne oh, or that's, something. That's yeah, right, they make the right. joke. He's like, you couldn't have peed now. before you got on the plane or something? He's like, yeah, I had too much champagne. Like, they made that joke. So I got okay, I, I forgot about that. That's one you're of the right. really like, clever things in the movie is like, we ha- we all have these little experiences in our dreams, but we don't really talk about it because maybe we're embarrassed or whatever. And so when he's talking to er- uh, Ellen Page, and he goes, "You know how in a dream you just show up in the middle, you don't remember how it starts." And like I'm sitting here going, "Yes, am I the? O- I always thought I was the only one that was like this, but then when the movie says <laughs> that's how it is, it's like, oh my gosh, you're right. And like when you get to the middle, you just know backstory." Like your brain just fills in how you got there. And and of course, the night that I watched this, right, I have these really vivid, really interesting dreams. And I woke up, uh, when did I watch this? Two nights ago or last night? I watched it last night. So yeah, this morning I woke up and I was like, I want to write down what I dreamt last night because it felt like 
I mean, it feel it, it, it kind of had the feel of like every other zombie movie ever. But the mm-hmm. it, like, imagine like I am Legend, right? Because the things only attack at night in the dream; they only attack at night. But the big difference is that like we learn how to deal with that as a society, and so we have normal life during the day, and then we all just have learned how to live. Yeah in these like confined, like these bunker style houses and compounds. So when it's nighttime, you just shut her up and you just, you know, like that's, that was the idea of the dream and it felt so weird. And there was a lot of food trucks. We had food trucks because you have to be able to to stay mobile because it's hard to, I don't know, grow food for (laughs) crops. Andrew, you just got really dark all of a sudden. You like disappeared. That was weird. Yeah. He's getting ready for the bunker. It's turning into night over there yeah. at Andrew's house. Um, anyway, uh, I did one of the so I didn't take many notes on this movie because one, there's not a lot of note taking to be had because the movie is constantly moving forward, and the the thing that's so great about this movie is once they go into the dream, the first time, right, which is like the last hour of the movie you're constantly feeling almost like anxiety of mm-hmm. are they going to succeed are they going to be able to get this thing done you know like there's this constant you know pressure and like there's music the entire time like Hans Zimmer is constantly building up the pressure there's very few moments of quiet um a couple times when Cobb is talking to uh, the scarecrow just by themselves, you know, there's some quiet, but for the most part, you know, there's lots of talking. But anyway, um, but one of the things I did write was they really should have got a better vehicle than that crappy Ford van. <laughs> Dream bigger, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. Get, 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 like, there's what, there's what, six of them in there? Six or seven of them in there? Yeah. Yosef, John, one, two, three, four, five. Six or seven, like couldn't they have gotten like a, like a Ford Excursion, that's like wider based and it's not gonna flip over super easy and, or I don't know, just the urban assault vehicle or something. I just it just you know get the Batmobile. It just like <laughs> if they knew they were gonna get they were gonna get shot at for for a while, right? He had to drive around for many many minutes in order for them to have enough time to do the other things that they needed to do. Um, uh, I do love the hallway gimbal fight. So, yes. so what they yeah. did was, if you know what I'm talking about, the, the fight scene where they're, they're bouncing around all the walls or the floor and the ceiling. Oh, yeah. they, That's probably one of the coolest scenes in the movie. They built that hallway floating, right? And it's built on what's called a gimbal. And so the hallway is just rotating at different angles and at different speeds. And of course the camera is attached to the floor so that the camera doesn't trans, you know, it's not spinning. And uh, Gordon Levitt did most of his own stunts for that. I just, I thought that was really cool. That's just a really cool scene. Um, and there's, there's lots of other movies that have done that thing before. They're not the first to do it, but it still looks really cool. <laughs> So Sarah, my wife, asked an interesting question. She watched this with me. Oh, wow. And, okay. And she asked the question, and there's not really an answer. 
And and I told her I was like I don't I don't know if there's an answer to your question, and I don't. I said not to sound mean. I don't care that there's not an answer. But she asked, "How does the machine know who is the architect of the dream?" Oh, mu- there must be like a special cuff like that that's, goes on that person. And that's what right? I said. Like, like you have the machine, and it has up to eight connectors. But the green connector is the architect, and the blue <laughs> connectors are just people that are joining in, right? Like you would you would think that exactly. the, they never say it, you know, like. Whoever goes in first is the architect, or whoever gets the special wire. They don't say it, but I don't. I don't really care that they don't say it. You know, like yeah. it doesn't really matter. But but it it does, but it doesn't. I mean, again, my my wife asked the question, and so that's why I was like, oh, that's that's actually a really good question. I don't know the answer, yeah. but do we care? I don't care. Look. See, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Is there air? You don't know. I kind of like did the Jurassic Park thing with the Galaxy Quest thing. I was about to say, what? Yeah. (laughs) We got Johnson. We got Dodson here. See, nobody cares. Uh, I love the Paradox stairs. I think that's really cool. Um, (laughs) Though I will say this. Honestly, the worst part of the movie is Jason Gordon-Levitt, Arthur, is... He's chasing the guy down the stairs, right? And then he does the paradox thing, and he gets behind him, and then he pushes, and he waits for the camera to go underneath before he goes, paradox, and then throws the guy over. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that was a little... It's dumb. It was an that eye was roll. The, yeah, that was the first time in this in watching this movie where I was like, oh, God, a little bit over the top there. So. Well, and unneeded, really, because we've already... We already went over that in the previous portion of the movie, so we really have to say paradox. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, that was a weird noise. I, I don't know if you could hear that or not. I hit a spring on my um, my microphone boom arm. That was fun. Um, the only trope that I wrote down, and there are several other ones, but the only one that I wrote was uh, foot chases must go through restaurants. Yeah. So or cafes, yeah, or yeah, some kitchens. kind of yeah. Usually yeah. it's a kitchen, but this case we had to. I had to broaden it out to just restaurant because he goes in that restaurant. Like God does not want him there. He's like, hey, get out of here. And he's like, no, I want a coffee. No, get. And I can I add a trope where plan doesn't quite go to according to plan. Oh yeah, I mean, gosh, that's every. I mean, it has to. Yeah, yeah, that's every movie. Something has to go wrong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I do, I do like how Fisher's like he couldn't have dreamt up of a beach or something. You know, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, okay, that's it. I'm ready to do uh, yeah. some a clip or two. Um, I didn't get a whole lot because again, after about the first hour of the movie, there's just mostly they're just yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, or honestly, the conversation is is really deep like it's really in depth and they're talking about the death of his wife and and whatever and so not quite our podcast yeah not something i want to replay i guess is the point um but i captured this because i never picked up on this well not never i didn't pick up on this the first two or three times i watched it but i did this time watching it and that's this line i'm getting off at kyoto why he's not going to check every compartment i don't like trains i don't like trains 
Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, I missed that too. Yeah, but that was uh, very, uh, very appropriate. But yeah, I never picked up on that before. Um, of course, you're gonna say the movie name of the movie. I have to, you know, get to here. What do you want from us? Inception. Is it possible? Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> now, I, I, I thought about doing like a mashup because earlier in the intro where Cobb talks about he's the best at extraction, I thought about splicing that in with from the movie Extraction Extraction that we watched with Chris Hemsworth. Oh, nice, yeah. And they're like, I'm the best person at extraction, and then Chris Hemsworth comes in and says, I'm ready for extraction or something like that, like to make the argument that Chris Hemsworth is actually the best at extraction. Um, if I had more time, I probably would have done it, but I was running late for the show. Uh this line we all can totally agree on. Who would want to be stuck in a dream for 10 years? Depends on the dream. Depends on the dream. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Though, oh, so they did the math. I read in the trivia. If you do the math, when Cobb and Maul go, um, when they do their 50 years, they turn, they grow old together. Because they were so you know far down, it was only ten hours in real life. So it's not like wow. they were gone from their actual kids for a long time. Like it was yeah. just a long night's sleep or an average nap for Sam. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. They uh, but but their minds were how old? Fifty. Ancient, right? They had fifty years. So fifty years in there. Yeah. And that makes you wonder, like, I don't know, do you, do you remember that experience or does it feel like the dream? Like, do you yeah. wake up from that and, and it's all cloudy and weird and you don't really remember it? I, I would guess so. Yeah. I would guess it would be like any other dream. Where... Well, I guess also, though, if you're, the longer you're there, you know, the the more your brain starts to shift into that world. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> the one question I asked my wife when we were watching this was, I wonder if you're getting, because you're actively using parts of your brain that are normally not active when you're sleeping, are you getting rest? Is, yeah, are although you, they say REM sleep is is where you dream, but it's also the most restful sleep. Right, and it's restful because that's the part of your brain that's doing hard drive maintenance on your on your brain. Like it's literally mm-hmm. your it's it's you're defragging your brain and you're you're literally getting rid of toxins and stuff. So I mean so like like you do ten hours of that kind of, you know, of sleep. I mean are you are you ready to go for the next twenty hours of you know you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I, I just Yeah. I don't know. Uh, this is the most Tony Stark line in the entire movie. It would have to be a 747. Why is that? There's no 747. The pilot's up top. The first class cabin's in the nose, so no one would walk through. But you'd have to buy out the entire cabin and the first class flight attendant. I bought the airline. It seemed neat. <laughs> okay. It seemed neater. Um, bought the airline. Oh, I thought he said yeah. needed. Oh, needed. Is that what he said? It seemed needed? Could be. I'm not sure. That's what I thought he said, but it could be neater as well. I well, know. I don't know. This is, this is another one of those where Sean says, he said what now? <laughs> it seemed neater. 
It's not. Maybe it is neater. Yeah. I heard a T in there. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Neater. Neater. Yeah. Like like cleaner, right? Not like, hey, that's neat. You bought an airline. Um, But it kind of makes you wonder, like, he is the head of the most powerful energy company on the planet. And he bought an airline. Like, how much money does he have? You know, it's it's not just that does he have, right? Is that, I mean, to buy an airline by an energy company would be a big deal. Like, that would be hard to do, right? I mean, like, Uh that's... Mm -hmm. That sounds like government, like congressional hearings. Like when, um, you know what I'm saying? Like when AT&T yeah, yeah. bought DirecTV, that was a big deal. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know, whatever. It was still a cool line for the movie. So, I mean, I understand why they did it, but it was, was kind of neat. And uh, Sam mentioned this earlier, and I had to capture it because it made me chuckle. You mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. There you go. <laughs> Though I never noticed that that music right there. Listen to that music. You mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. If I would have told you that I, I pulled that clip from 1992, you would have believed me. Yeah. Or Absolutely. or a news show. You mustn't be afraid you to know. dream a little bigger, darling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're not. Yeah, you're right. A news show like uh, this just in. Tonight. Yeah, tonight on tonight's news. Tonight on tonight's uh, student. Yeah, yeah. Remote. We always here's good advice from our anchor. Mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. <laughs> and without the context that he's talking to uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, it sounds like he's mansplaining to a woman. Yeah, doesn't it? Like, you know, their relationship cracked me up. There's a lot when I was going back and getting clips. There's a lot more of the kind of fun interplay between the two of them. That. Uh, is really funny. In fact, I think I there was another clip that I thought I got, uh, and I feel like I'm missing. Did I? I guess I got all the clips though. Yeah, I guess I did. Um, I could have swore I had another one. I know I did. I don't like trains. It depends on the dream. Bought the airline. Yeah, there's a clip. Well, I there's another one. I, yeah, well, I'll fix it. <laughs> there's a clip basically where they're they're talking about. Um, He's he uh Gordon Levitt basically uh he uses the word specificity. And I thought it was really funny how he kept he said specificity. He says it twice. It's a funny line. I can't find it. That's lame. All right. Oh. Yeah, all right. And now for some more bad news. Ready? Uh some trivia. So I already read some of it, but I will read a little bit more because it's worth hearing. Um such as okay, I will say this. This this is kind of annoying. But Whenever they're referring to Christopher Nolan, they had to write, during an interview, writer, producer, and director, Christopher Nolan. Every piece of trivia that mentions Christopher Nolan, it is writer, producer, and director. Like, Really? We have to make sure that you know that he... He did everything. He did it all. Uh, we haven't even mentioned this. Holy cow, we have not even gotten here. So let's do this right now. Nolan addressed the ambiguous ending, saying that he believes Cobb makes it home to his children, although it is open to interpretation by the viewer. He further claimed that the point of not seeing whether or not the top stops spinning 
is that Cobb no longer obsesses, obsesses over his dream. So, well, I kind of like the idea of the wedding ring. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a big that's one. That's not his. That's not his thing. His totem. You're that's right. His, yeah, it's not his totem. The his totem. Cobb's totem is his wedding ring, whereas the top was his his wife's totem. Yeah, yeah. I do like the fact that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That he's no longer obsessing about the dream state. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean the ending. It could he could be there now. Yeah, there's another piece of trivia that I didn't write down, but um, basically when Michael Caine was reading the script, he's, Michael Caine. he he said to Christopher Nolan, he's like, "This is this is confusing. When are we in the dream and when are we not?" And he basically said, "Whenever you're on the camera, it's not a dream." So, okay. So that kind of gives, but but and to, to I, I I wish I had never known that, right? Yeah. Because I personally, I want to believe that he gets to go and be with his kids and those are the real children. But but there's another part of me that says, who cares? Right? If he never wakes up from the train or the plane, if he has gone into limbo and whenever Saito says, All right, let's let's wake up and, and we don't know how he wakes up, right? Because he can't you can't just get killed. Right, you can't just shoot himself. He has to have the kick all the way back up. And we don't know how that happens because he's missed all of the other kicks. So we don't know how he wakes up, but but he does somehow, right? And like I don't know, I guess and there's also the the physics of the idea that when the other ones when they're in the dream state, they don't need oxygen. You know, like when they're under, because they like they're sharing an oxygen tank, but Saito and Cobb are just still strapped into the seat. So, like, did they drown? And then this is what his mind is doing to. Like, who knows, right? Um, there, there's a lot but of. They're still in the dream state, though. So, would it matter? I don't know. I mean, if if your brain doesn't have oxygen, though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, I never thought of that because they were technically they were dead, right? And if they died in the dream, would they not have woken up? Well, I mean, uh, or is that what woke them? But that was the thing, right? Like they said that in this, and yeah. you can't be killed and just wake up in this version of the of the because of the serum that they used, right? You would just, right? Yeah, you would go into the thing, which is what happened to to Saito. He died on. Because of level one, he died at level three, and therefore his mind went into limbo. And so Cobb had to go down to level four to get him in limbo, yeah. um, and to to bring him back. But we don't know how he brings him back. You show him he's holding a firearm, you know, he's holding a gun. But we've been told specifically in the movie you can't just shoot yourself and wake up. So we never know how he wakes up. So there's. Yep. There's an argument to be made that he never does wake up. That this is just now his new reality, and that he is stuck in limbo. But he gets to be with his kids, so who cares? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like there's there's a part that of me that just says, hey, he gets he still gets what he wants, so it doesn't matter. It's a happy ending. Yeah, it is. Ish. Yeah, oh, it is. It definitely is. Here's a really so here's my question. I guess we we didn't really answer it 
in uh, we did. I mean, and to your point, one of you mentioned it, the wedding band, right? And this was one I, mm-hmm. I found out about recent, recently was the idea that, like you, you mentioned Andrew or Sam, honestly, sorry, I can't remember who said it, that the totem, the, the top is not his totem, that's his wife's, and that the, his wedding band is his totem. Yeah. And that the movie, in the movie you can clearly see that he's wearing his wedding band when he's in dream state, and he's not when he's out. And when we see him at the end of the movie with his kids, he's not wearing it. So, yeah. um, anyway. Here's an interesting piece of trivia. I thought this was really interesting. The fact that someone tracked this information or that this this <laughs> this stat. There are 399 questions asked in the movie, including tag questions. Subconscious is motivated by emotion, right? Cobb leads all characters with 113, followed by Ariadne with 93, and then Arthur with 44. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. a lot of questions. It is. Yeah, it really is. Which is weird. Uh, the last one I, I wrote down was Ariadne is the name of the figure from Greek mythology who helped Theseus find his way out of the labyrinth after killing the Minotaur. That's right. I thought I recognized yep. that name. Huh. Yeah. Um, there's another really kind of weird piece of trivia, which I don't know if it's a coincidence. or I don't know. I don't know if maybe Nolan does coincidences, but if you take... The first letter of the of the he of the oh of the, the team, names yeah then it turns yeah. and it spells the word dream and then the additional characters end up spelling pay yeah dream pay or dreams pay or something like that yeah yeah yep all right that's it time for this yeah excuse me while I whip this out oh goodness we decided to do top three ambiguous slash open ended films. Um, just ambiguously movies. ended films. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, ambiguous <laughs> films. <laughs> go go YouTube the ambiguously gay duo, ladies and gentlemen. That's a that's a fun time. <laughs> that's a old SNL callback. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a, my grow, growing up SNL right there. Yeah, that's that's some fun stuff. Uh, Andrew goes first. All right. Well, number three, I have The Shining. Okay. Um, you shinned it. I did. Number two, which I guess actually The Shining is no longer since we have Doctor Sleep, but I haven't seen Doctor Sleep, so I haven't I, seen Doctor. Yeah, I don't know if they answered any questions with that. I but like, know. what this? I was looking at some of the same list you were when we were googling this before the show, and. I'm not. Go blind. I, I don't get how it's an ambiguous ending because of the picture on the wall. Is that yep. what we're saying? Yeah. Yeah, the picture yep, on the wall makes you question: Was he always there? Did he become a ghost? Part of it. It was. It makes you question what happened to him. Yeah. Okay. It would be my my reasoning. But like, why I believe. That's but that's what an answer. Okay, that's fine. I just it's because I don't care because <laughs> I didn't like the movie. <laughs> so uh, that's fine. Uh, yeah. So number two, I have uh, the new Joker. Oh yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin. Okay. Joaquin. Yeah, I've not yeah. seen it. So I'll, and I'll, then you know. yes, you got to go see it. 
Oh, yeah, it's good. And then number one is a movie that we did for the podcast recently, Extraction. Oh, that's, oh, that's a good right. one. Yeah, that's a I good totally one. didn't yeah. think of that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. I'm bummed out. I should have okay. should have thought of that one. Yeah. Okay, Sam. All right. So I've got an honorable mention of Total Recall, the Schwarzenegger yeah. film. Um, my number or three, I guess, would be Dark Knight Rises. Of whether or not that's truly Batman or not. I know you argued about that earlier, but I don't care. Um, my number two is Joker. And my number one is Jurassic Park. What's what's open-ended about it? We know what happens next. They made two more movies, one of which well, was bad. Well, Jurassic Park, no. The, the original one, you don't know if the dinosaurs are going to die. You know, he looks out the, the, the helicopter and you see the, the soaring pelicans and maybe the... The animals are going to get off the island, and it's yeah, it's a very ambiguous ending. Okay, <laughs> only because I don't want to have an argument. I don't think it is, but okay. We're and so, hence why I do have a, an honorable mention. So okay, because because so you know. the we movie can, tells us all those up one if you want. Because the movie does tell us the lysine contingency will kick into effect and they will die. The movie tells you that. But it, but, but they, it doesn't. But it doesn't, but we don't know that as a viewer. And we think yeah. that they're going to die, though we know they're breeding. Yeah. But so I, see. Don't, I don't think it's really one, but that's fine. Because, like, I mean, okay, like I could then say that. What about the future of the park? You never know what's going to happen. I mean, are they going to shut down the park? Are they going to rebuild it? It, it kind of feels the like that they're going to. It feels like they would shut it down, right? Because remember, at the end of you know, when the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. Yeah, I mean, that's just. I mean, the, I guess the argument I could make is like at the end of of Star Trek Two, and and Spock is dead. Like, do yeah. like, is he dead or is he not or or whatever? Like, because we know the answer though. Right, like we know the answer to Jurassic Park. They've made five more movies, <laughs> <laughs> or four four more movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. but transport yourself back to the early nineties, and uh, and think about but, uh, what is going on. But even but then, that's kind of like saying that's kind of like saying though at the end of Infinity War. Oh, uh, what's gonna happen no we knows. don't know yeah, what's gonna happen? <laughs> you're right yeah. that, that's actually a better answer than jurassic park because <laughs> we didn't know how they were gonna come back we knew they were going well, to you know but... what about iron man for god's sake you know he just said who he was what's gonna happen yeah, exactly you know i mean Sp- you know who spider-man is now right yeah, what's oh, gonna happen gosh yeah I don't know. I just don't. I don't think those of. I don't think of those as kind of open ended movies, though, because yeah. those are just cliffhangers, right? Those are meant to yeah. have a resolution to that answer. Yeah. Um, whereas no, and I I agree. Whereas like you know, Joker is it in his mind? Uh, you know, um, uh, Inception does the top fall? You know, it, it involves the entire theme of the movie. Yeah. Um, all the way through, and and leaves you kind of what. Yeah, with a you know big question mark over your head. You're right, exactly. And so, so anyway, so my list is not nearly as fun as really any of yours because I I just followed some of the list that I googled. And, and we I, are more fun people. Well, that's very true. <laughs> I mean, look at Andrew's awesome background right now. So I know. How does he do it? 
Though I will admit, your orange shirt kind of makes it look like you're in a prison jumper. I'm just, yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> called high school uh, a band teacher. Uh, so my number three was Blade Runner. Okay. Of the open-ended because now again, we have a sequel. Mm-hmm. So we kind of know, but we don't know in the moment in 1982, is Decker, Deckard a replicant? Does mm-hmm. does he and the other replicant lady do they go off and live forever or does she die because replicants have short lifespans? Finite, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, number two was Shutter Island. I have not seen that yet. That's a creepy, fun kind of thing. Uh, I won't really tell you what the the thing is because it will it will ruin the experience for you. Um, yeah, and that's a movie I think it's worth seeing, whether we do it for the podcast or not, oh, whatever. Okay. But it, I think that'd be a movie that I think you would enjoy. It's a Scorsese film, and that one's one of those things that you get to the end and you're like, "Son of a gun!" Okay. <laughs> um, and then my number one was American Psycho. Okay. Yeah. I I, I strangely like this movie. It's it's a weird movie to really enjoy, but I don't, there's something about Christian Bale's portrayal of this. Like no, I haven't seen that. Does this have anything to do with Psycho? No, not no. Bates, Norman Bates. No, 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 no. No. Okay. no. So imagine, so imagine Wolf of Wall Street, right? Yeah. Only the difference instead of uh, Quaaludes and hookers, he gets his joy off of murdering people. Ah. But it's the same idea, right? It's this dude that's under these high. He has this super high pressure job, and he's um, he's all about the um, business card. Yeah, the face. business card's a big thing. No, no, he's about the face. Like he about has a mental breakdown because he this guy that shows up for lunch has a business card that's nicer than his, and ah. he like loses his. Like he's having this internal, because yeah. you get an internal monologue of him and he wants to just strangle this guy. But basically, the, um, the character, and I don't, again, I don't want to ruin anything for you, Andrew, but the character does. I mean, it's American Psycho. There's killing. All right. I'm just going to be honest with you. There's killing. Um, okay. But the question is does he get away with it? Oh. Or is it even, even real? We don't know. We think it's real. But the fact that he. Anyway, it's a neat, it's 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 a weird movie. It's weird, um, and just gonna go ahead and warn you too. Definitely not for the kiddies. I don't think your wife would want to be in the room with you either. <laughs> you get a little bit of Christian Bale wiener. Just gonna be honest with you. You get a little bit of it. Maybe she'd want to be in the room. He is running naked while carrying a chainsaw. So at least it's a Christian wiener. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a a terrible joke. What was the joke? Oh my gosh! Uh, like when 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 a churchgoer um, jumps out of a boat, is that a Christian bail or something like that? I can't remember. <laughs> if I got it's, it's, I missed it up there it's somewhere, bad. but it's it made me laugh. I love those kind of bad puns. Okay, here we go. Wait, what's supposed to happen? We are gonna rate rate. I said that word right. This came out weird. Rate rank rank. This movie. Rank? Yeah, let's not. Okay. Let's not. We're just going to not do this movie. 
Uh, <laughs> we're going to give this movie a score. How's that? Uh, from zero to ten. And we okay. will add it into our list. And I'll be curious to see if this movie uh, breaks our top ten. That would be interesting okay. to note. Andrew goes first. Yeah. I, you know, I, like I said, I think it's a visual um, and very aesthetic pleasing, aesthetically pleasing film uh, and clever. Um, it's stuff that we haven't seen before. It's action. It's adventure. It. It's, it tells a, you know, a great story and leaves you with a good cliffhanger at the end. Well, ambiguous ending. Right. So, ambiguously ending. So, um, I mean, I think it's a really great film. The only problem that I have with it, and it's not a huge issue, is uh, the length. You know, it's just it's a long film. And I know that we said it doesn't feel like that long but i think after viewing it a few times it does start to feel that long um because this time i i've probably seen it four or five times and this time watching it it did the first time in the theater i mean it was i didn't want it to end um but this time i was like all right still got 30 minutes left (laughs) um (laughs) then the van is still falling yeah so that's the only thing I'm going to discredit it for, but I'm still going to give it a nice 8.2 out of 10. All right. Nice. Yeah. I love, I love this movie. I, I, it's one of my favorites. Um, it's smart. It's fun. It's action packed. It's something you don't see every day, but, um, there's a, there's a few things in it that, that are a little off the, uh, you know, um, Gordon Levitt guy, at the top of the stairs, you know, saying whatever word that was, paradox, um, paradox. I, I kind of understood that this time. Um, but it's still fantastic and I can't take too many points off for that. So I'm going to give it an 8.89 out of 10. All right, cool. Yeah, no, this is, um, I mean, this is a great film. This really is a really good movie. Um, IMDb has it ranked at an 8.8. Wow. Um, this, I mean, there's there's very few things wrong with it. I think uh, it's really smart. It's really kind of entertaining. You're on the edge of your seat the whole time. You need to watch it. And honestly, this is a movie that I think you need to watch a couple times to really mm-hmm. appreciate. Um, the as, layers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as Absolutely. far as like rewatchability. I probably won't watch this movie again for maybe a few more years um, just because I don't need to. Um, it doesn't quite have the same rewatchability as some other movies that I that I love, but that's fine. It doesn't mean that it's not great. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to give it an 8.75 um, falling elevator explosion <laughs> gravity things. I do love the trivia that they had to put Ellen Page's hair in a bun so that they wouldn't have to figure out how to do hair in weightless in the in the zero G. Oh yeah. yeah. That's, that would have been okay. some major CGI there. Yeah, and it would have looked bad. So they just put her yeah. hair in a tight bun. And she was rocking that bun. I do like how he's like, Hey, give me a kiss. And then she kisses him and he's like she goes, Did it work? He goes, Nah, it was worth a shot. <laughs> he just wanted to kiss her. <laughs> Uh, 
Cool. Well, I mean, in case you gentlemen are curious, the that score does not put it in our top ten. Um, oh. But oddly enough, it puts it one spot above the prestige. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, yeah. Okay. That's not bad. And I was I was actually thinking when bad. while you two were were doing yours, if I were to do um, if I were to rank Christopher Nolan movies, where would this rank? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it would probably come in, probably third for me. Yeah, it's pretty high. So, well, um, was it Dark Knight? I, I I like Batman Begins better than Dark Knight. I know that Dark Knight is a better movie, but Batman Begins to me is more fun and more rewatchable than Dark Knight. Because Dark Knight yeah. gets kind of dark. I mean, it's it gets kind of <laughs> rough. And Batman Begins is a little more fun. There's a little more jokes. It's a little bit more... It's more of a comic book movie than The Dark Knight. Again, The Dark Knight yeah. is pretty, it's pretty harrowing sometimes. So... Um, so I would do like Dark Knight one or uh, Batman Begins one, Dark Knight two, and then Inception three. That's how I would okay. do it. But I'd probably put Inception at two, uh, only under Dark Knight for me. Mm-hmm. And then what would be three? Like Prestige or it, um, Interstellar? I, I do Interstellar. It, yeah, just because it just hits me the right way. Sure. Presti- but it's really like Prestige. Depends on how I'm feeling. Prestige, I've, Interstellar, Inception. Those three can really kind of float around yeah yeah uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh interstellar i like um but i don't think i like it enough to put it in the top three hmm. i think i think i would put prestige before it but i'm right there with you on the other two okay i'm looking at his uh his uh, his uh, videography um nolan and um, I've seen, so I've not seen Insomnia and I've not, Insomnia and I've not seen Memento or Following, but basically from Batman Begins up, I've seen. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. I'll, I'll go see Tenet here when it's on. In the, yeah. Whenever it's available. It. Yeah. I'm, I'll definitely go see Tenet. It looks, it looks really interesting and I'm, I'm all for it. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, but yeah, I would probably do Batman Begins as one, then Dark Knight, Inception, Prestige, mm-hmm. Interstellar, mm, maybe Dunkirk, then Interstellar, then Dark Knight Rises. Huh. You just don't I still like haven't seen Dunkirk. It's good. It's a World War II movie. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not bad. It is not bad. I will say that much. Yeah, you just have to again. Once you realize that it's him screwing with the timeline of things, <laughs> because it's the the story of Dunkirk itself is a harrowing story, uh, of of what it is, and I guess Christopher Nolan realized there's not a People lot of know act- how it's going to end. Yeah, we know how it's going to end, so let's just find an interesting way to tell a story of a bunch of people right. trying to get off the beach. Because that's what it is. Um, okay, that's it. I think we've talked enough for this episode. Yep. So I am going to stop talking. And instead, I'm going to play the outro music and just say, guys, thank you so much for listening. It's been a lot of fun. This was a really good movie. Go watch it. Definitely recommend you go watch this movie. 
Um, next week is going to be totally different. Sam is out of town. Yep. So we are bringing in a guest host extraordinaire, Stephen Honeycutt, who has his own podcast uh, of the Theme Park Legends. And we are going to do a live <laughs> review of Velasa Pastor. That's right. <laughs> we are doing Velasa Pastor. And that's on Amazon, right? It's right. on Amazon Prime. Um, yeah. I, I, we're going to do a live taping or live review. It'll be a lot of fun. Watch along with us. And I, I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. And then the week after that, we're going to have another special guest. Steve Everett is going to join us for Twister. Um, and we're doing that movie specifically because I saw that movie with Steven in the theater all those years ago, and I can't wait to watch it again with my pal. So nice. that's what we're doing. In the meantime, facebook.com slash cheap seat reviews is how you can get a hold of us that way. Uh, Cheapseatreviews.com is our website, and at uh, cheapseatreviews at gmail.com is, of course, our email. Um, yeah, leave us a review. Share the show if you would love. We would, or if you'd like to, we'd love it if you did. <laughs> if you love, that's weird. Anyway, if you love so as I quickly wrap this up, I'm going to just say on behalf of Andrew and Sam, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week while the van still falls. Thank you.